What up, you do? What is going on, everyone? It is Sunday, August the 26th, 2018. Who knows what that means? That means it's time for another live show. Then, August the 26th, hot on the heels of the approaching fall, I would say we're going to be dealing a lot with overseeding. A lot with overseeding. I'd say everybody's getting ready to do it that is dealing with cool season grass types that are bunch type. What I mean by that is tall fescue, perennial ryegrass, maybe even some Kentucky bluegrass guys. Who knows? But your cool season market or a warm season year-round turf grass guy, you've got aerating and seeding coming up. All right, all right, all right. So we got the intro done. We all know what that means. What time is this? 9.04, baby. It's roll call. Jump in the chat here. And see what exactly is going on real quick gonna plug in the chat if you haven't go over to carbonearth.co click the like button that's our fertilizer project we're working on where we are blending a homogenous granular fertilizer utilizing the best of everything we could find available on the market right now stemming from biochar ammonium sulfate potassium sulfate ferrous sulfate organic binders micronutrients and the old plugging it right there give it a click give it a like thank you everyone let me get down here i had a big long night last night hanging out with real low dad in the chat we had us a good time all right here we are what's up michael wayne Floyd Epperson, Michael Clark, how are you, sir? Trump is pump. What up? Cat bird feeder. Matt S, how are you? All things high in the sky. He's underseeding. My man. That's a great way to put that. Thin it out. Thin it out. Dustin Keller, what's going on? Mike Clark, how are you, sir? All the way down there in the desert, the high desert. Tall Fescue, I'm excited. Tell me more. That's right, Mike. I know Tall Fescue gets you going. Marco, how are you, sir? West Covina, California. That sounds real far away, but sounds beautiful, too. Lush Lawns, how are you? John Ware, the man, the inventor of the lawn forum himself. What is up, JW? Tom Reed, how are you, good sir? Miss Beverage, the better half of yards done right. Lots of overseeding, more days in the week to do it. That's right. I feel for you, Ronald Paris. Paris, Paris, Paris. How are you? Man, there's some beautiful names in here. My Sunday night just got some dew on its lily. That's right. Johan, what's up, dude? Uh, I can't wait for some carbon earth for either. Me neither. Chris Elms. Damn right, I'm fired up. It's Sunday. It's showtime. It's go time, baby. Woo! CD Andrews, what's up, my programmer? 
He's a programmer over in North Carolina. He gets it done. Chandler Hall, does Air A or RTS need to be watered in at any point? Chandler Hall, yes, sir. It's not that you have to make a special uh, watering application for it, but anytime you apply anything to the yard, typically at some point, you'll want to water that in. So if you're applying Air 8, which is going to have a tremendous function in the soil, you need to move that material into the soil. How do you do that? You do it with water. RGS, you're playing with two different actives there that have to move into the soil. So you're dealing with the kelp, which is going to have the hormonal concentration, needs to move in, to be taken in. Some will be taken in foliarly, so it doesn't need to be watered in immediately. But it's a good rule of thumb, within seven days, within five days of any application, give it a good, heavy soak. Always good for it. Brett, good year. What is going on, sir? Sid Barrett, Andy Mallison, what's up? Keep it. Do the next products really work? Uh, keep it. If you're not sure at this point, feel free to shoot me an email. I can, I can send you over kind of the, the data I've compiled regarding Humix and Kelps, um, Virginia Tech did a really good study on biostimulants and the effect. They tested a few different ones, and uh, Humix and Kelp were up there at the top. So, uh, yes, does it? Do they really work? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's there's not really any rocket science that goes into the next products. It's just a combination in different formulas or products that are designed to enhance her performance. It's just different because it's not talked about a lot, except for in the YouTube world. You, you don't hear about it a lot in the, uh, in the lawn care world, but you hear about it on the YouTube world. It's, it's been used for a real long time in the golf world. So now it's all kind of coming together and it's like hot sauce right now. Keep it. Gabriel McKay, what's going on, Scott Wright? Shane Brady, get back over there and finish watching that Pete video. Uh, no, no, no Tito's and moonshine over here, baby. I'm just, I'm surviving the day. Uh, got some more names in here. Kirk Bird! Kirk Bird! What's up down in, down there near Oxford? Near the, oh, well, you're just an Oxford uh, alumnus, alumni. Kirk Bird, how are you, good sir? Tell your beautiful family I said hello. Troy, what's going on, man? See Baker? Vapors. Kyle, Kyle, Ben, y'all. Kyle, Kyle, Ben. What's up, my man? Barry Cavanaugh, how are you, good sir? Brune Knight, how are you? Tom Reed, need rain, still drought conditions. Couldn't pull a plug in a swamp around here. Man, that was like kind of what we ran into two, three years ago, something like that. It was tough. KDO's putting down some 4600. Chris Gibby Gibson, what's up, my man? Kevin McCarthy. Dumb Denny up in Chesapeake. Josh Baker, fired up. Ronald Paradise, Michigan, with some Kentucky bluegrass, with some carbon X. Now he said, give it to me. I don't think. Velvet Hammer. <laughs> Man, I'm out there. <laughs> uh, would you recommend growing St. Augustine grass in Phoenix, Arizona, considering uh, our hot temperatures in the summer of 118? Uh, thanks. I hope you answered my question. Michael Clark. Uh, I probably would not grow St. Augustine in Phoenix, and it would be for the main reason of the water requirements of St. Augustine grass. St. Augustine does really well in Florida because they get so much rain, especially afternoon rains. 
and dealing with that sandy soil, you get that afternoon rain, it, it perks. And uh, so, you know, you get a, it's just a, it's a daily constant feeder of, of water to keep that St. Augustine in peak performance. When you're dealing with something like Phoenix, where you're having to irrigate every bit of water that that grass is going to receive, I don't know how much rain you get in a, in a summer, I would say not very much, um, but I don't think your irrigation system will keep up with your St. Augustine grass. If it were me and I were in Phoenix, I'd be running one type of grass, and that would be Bermuda grass. Um, if I was feeling real froggy, I may run with some zoysia. But nine times out of ten, I would probably choose um, Bermuda for Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, Casey Turner, what are you doing? Anthony McAdowell, what would you do if your neighbor only grows crabgrass and side discharges the seed into your lawn? Uh, Anthony, man, there's not really a whole lot you could do there other than bring it up to your neighbor. Uh, one, establish, you know, your domination line, as they say over from, um, as Alan Hayne would say, establish your dom domination strip and, uh, you know, and bring it up to him. Bring it to the city. Man, listen, dude, stop blowing all that over here. You see how hard I'm working on my yard? Be a good neighbor. Blow it the other way, man. Come on. Come on. Uh, that's probably what I would do. But if you got a good healthy rate of pre-emergent down on that domination strip, you shouldn't have to worry about it a whole lot. Um, that's one of the things like I've taken many farmlands, cut in a yard in the middle of a field, a hay field, and done very well growing grass there because of that pre-emergent barrier. So make sure your pre-emergent game is on check. And two, say something to your neighbor. Tell them, listen, man, I'm working really hard out here. You don't have to. I'm not pressuring you into this. But be a good neighbor. Stop doing that. Uh, what fescue varieties are you running this year? I'm, it's going to be Mountain View Seeds again. I'm going Valkyrie LS. I am going Screamer LS. I'm sorry, it's Valkyrie 2, Screamer LS, and Spider LS. Those are the three varieties. And uh, my distributor went ahead and got it blue tagged, POA free. That would be POA annua and POA trivialis, POA free. Like it, everybody was kind of up in arms over the uh, Poe Trivialis this past year. So I think uh, the distributor is saying, you know, hey, can't blame us. We're cert we're blue tag certified, Poe free. I got fairy ring going on in my St. Augustine. Could it be from dropping an excessive amount of John's P products on my yarn all summer? Uh, probably not. If you're dealing with fairy ring, usually you're dealing with something subsurface, relatively deep subsurface. So Usually where I see fairy ring is going to be where a tree was at one point that has mostly decayed, but it hasn't completely decayed. And so as that continues to go around and then the fairy ring begins to exist, you get that hydrophobic uh, retention area in, in, in your ring and uh, it repels the penetration of water. And so Typically, there's a couple things that you can do there. You can go for a really extreme pH fluctuation. So if you're high, shift it really significantly low, aerate it, use a, a penetrant to get the water to move through it. So um, uh, no, it wouldn't be John's products. It doesn't have enough organic matter in the liquid uh, to significantly contribute to something like a fairing. Fairing is... Uh, it, it, it requires much more mass than you can apply in a liquid, if that makes sense. 
It requires it requires something very very large and physical uh, to break down over time for that fairy ring to begin to to set in and take hold. Hope that makes sense. Just finished my vet. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Skipping hot in the chat here. Man, let's get here. Oh, the chat is on fire tonight. Uh, okay, I'm gonna have to fly through this here to get going on it. Okay, I just finished my bed and put it up by five because I thought it was going on live at that time. Now nah, I went on at nine tonight. Would you apply a starter fur at the same time as overseed or wait for seed to germinate? Uh, Thomas GN, dude, typically why you apply it at the same time as your overseed is because the phosphorus in your starter fertilizer takes a really long time to move into the root zone. So Typically, I would recommend you apply at the same time as overseed, so that way the phosphorus can come in contact with the root in order for the plant to be able to utilize it. What is the best way to kill Bahia grass in my St. Augustine lawn this time of year? Um, if you're on a cooling trend, tie, you probably are. Uh, shorter nights, I would use metsulfuron methyl, MSM. Uh, if you do not have access to that, I would use Celsius. Celsius works well, uh, but you have to run high rate and typically you may have to run more than one application what is the market status on carbon x tom reed carbon x is going to be unveiled at the gie that is going to be october 17th there we go uh jeremy w roll call matt what are the some of the best lawns for a cool season for athletic fields all kentucky bluegrass or a mix of kbg with perennial rye ronald paris i would probably go all kbg what's up lawn tips man all the way from Australia, the other side of the world. It's it's winter time over there. It's dealing with Christmas and the and the dead of summer. What's happening? What's up, man? Thanks for tuning in. Yo from Concord, North Carolina. What's up, man? Josh Baker. Hey, man. Everyone's detaching right now, but what a few shots of detach throughout the year take care of this. Yes, Josh Baker. Yes, yes, yes. Detaching, in my opinion, is the most overrated thing that goes on. The only instance where I would say dethatching would be a good idea would be if you're dealing with a very by nature thatchy turf grass. So you're dealing with something like St. Augustine or you're dealing with something like zoysia grass and you haven't been able to, to maintain it culturally as well as you should have. So let's say you're running too much nitrogen on your yard um, and you're not mowing it at a, at a uh, frequent enough with enough frequency then yeah dethatching is going to play a place um however uh yes something like using a product like dethatch you know a little molasses a little yeast chew that up throughout the course of the year absolutely take care of it um I, just dethatching is in my opinion a giant waste of time if you're mowing at 185 thousandths of an inch it's a different story it's, it's also a different cultural practice it's called verticutting and that uh may be good in that instance but i can't with the limited information I have, that's what I'm going to say. Don't dethatch. Apply. You, you could even make your own dethatch at home and apply it that way. Uh, UT versus West Virginia. This is a real simple one, Richard Nettles. Richard N. in the Discord. I'll tell you exactly who it is. And it's my balls. Go Big Ord. Go balls. Jeremy Pruitt bringing it to the house. Um, you're welcome, Michael Clark. Josh Kelly, going to give Air to try this fall on all my fescue yards. Still core plugging them, though. Uh, yeah, doing the same thing, except I'm not applying Air 8 this fall. I applied it this spring. This fall, I'm going to be applying the RGS. Be doing the RGS. And the reason being is you apply your seed. It begins to germinate. Um, the additional plant hormones 
are going to keep it in that constant state of shoot development as well as root mass development. So uh, in what I typically try and achieve when I'm seeding is the most aggressive root system possible as quickly as possible. That will help get through the winter, quick to green up out of winter, and then more resilient in the summer. Everything next weekend on my Bermuda because of the compacted soil. Can I apply pre-merger soon after with the holes still not filled in? Or will it be inconsistent with the barrier being uneven? It's a good question, Doug Blackstone. I do not know the answer, sir. I honestly don't. I would say that it would not help because part of that vapor barrier would be established too low. Now, it also depends. Are you doing it with a liquid or are you doing it with a granular? I'd say if you're doing it with a granular, not good. If you're doing it with a liquid, you could probably get by. What I would probably do is aerate first, give it a couple weeks, water the fire out of it. Uh, and then as it begins to close up, say by, you know, maybe September 7th, September 6th, my birthday, uh, you would be good to go ahead and apply. Let it close up most of the way, not 100%, but close up most of the way, do your application. You should be good to go. But truthfully, I don't know the answer to your question. I'm just going off the theory here. Applied science, sir. Hello, brother from another mother down under. <laughs> uh, I drop eagle and azoxy on my fair ring. What do you recommend I do? Um, I, think, I think that's a, a good start. So typically when I'm dealing with fair ring, again, uh, I do a soil test for pH. Um, usually I aerate it really heavily uh, and I shoot for a big pH shift and I apply a wetting agent um, or a soil penetrant or a, a high rate of surfactant, something of the sort, something like air eight that's designed to move through the soil profile like that. That's going to help something like, uh, you know, yeah, I'll probably stay away from that, but any sort of penetrant to help reduce that you know, hydrophobic tendency. Um, and it also depends on the type of fair ring you have here. So if you're getting big nitrogen flushes out of it, so you have that real dark green ring and not just a dead ring out of it, another thing you may want to do is apply something like calcium sulfate and, and you know, flush that area. Calcium sulfate, also known as gypsum, that'll do a good job to move minerals out of that root zone and keep it going. So there you go. Best way to keep my neighbors Bermuda out of my fescue, Thomas, you end and plant a tree. If you plant a tree, uh, if you're going to create shade, the one thing that Bermuda will always fail in 100% of the time is shade. If you want to, and I'm serious as a heart attack, if you want to keep Bermuda out of your fescue from your neighbor's yard, plant a row of trees and you will win every time. Trent Burns, hey bro, I have St. Augustine down here in Jackson, Mississippi. When do I throw the prodiamine to it? And if I do it too early, do I need to reapply it before February? It's a great question, Trent. So you've got a real long stretch of time there that you have to uh, uh, be prepared to deal with the POA issue uh, because it seems like the further south, uh, the POA is getting a longer and longer growing season. It's tolerating the heat a lot better than it used to. So Likely what I would do is I would do split applications. Like I would do the first application early, maybe like first week of September in your neck of the woods. Once you're below that 90 degree mark and it looks like it's consistent, um, I would go ahead, get down your uh, prodiamine. I would follow it up again, 
closer to the Halloween timeframe with a second application, again, at a reduced rate. So maybe in the fall, you're only putting down 0.75 pounds of AI altogether between the two applications. And with that second application, also put down something like simazine. And that nice one-two combo between you know, 0.75 pounds of prodiamine plus a little bit of simazine on your St. Augustine, that's going to be very effective at keeping out any of the POA that's not resistant to those two herbicides. The problem you may run into is that POA annua is resistant. There, there are resistant varieties of POA annua that are resistant literally to all herbicides. There is no herbicide that's going to prevent it. There's no herbicide that's going to kill it. So Jackson, Mississippi is probably not one of those market, markets that has to deal with a lot of it, like Memphis is. Memphis has tons of herbicide-resistant POA all over the place. Um, if you're familiar with the golf course there, Southwind, Southwind is kind of a testing ground for uh, herbicide-resistant POA. So um, you should be good there, but prodiamine, then prodiamine and simazine, how I would do that. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk to a friend about their mature oak trees, more than just a hack and squirt with glypho. Uh, yes, if you're dealing with mature oak trees and they're trying to kill them, if they're mature oak trees, I would just go ahead and cut them down and have a pro come in and do it too because that could get a little squirrely. Um, let's see here. Where do you purchase your seed from? I purchased my seed through Dickens Turf and Landscape Supply here in Knoxville. They are a mountain view seed distributor and uh I, that's why i use them they have a very good relationship with mountain view seeds and i have a really good relationship with dickens so i feel good about it um always around uh whoa 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 i skip i skip way down here man way down here and the chat is flying look at this i am way out of here all right, run a spectacle this fall for the first time, and George can't wait to not see Poet. Dean Moore, you likely will not. Um, here, here's one thing to keep in mind. I'm hearing more and more out of Georgia. One of my good buddies is in the chat sometime. Um, he does uh, a significant volume of acreage for commercial properties. He runs spectacle this last year to begin having breakthrough on his spectacle, and it made him sick to his stomach. So keep that in mind. Um, you know, I feel good about it you know under yeah yeah i think you're making a good choice by running spectacle uh just don't be too down downtrodden if you do see a little bit of breakthrough uh what happens to grass if chemicals are sprayed the same day it was mowed um basically you when you mow the grass you stress the grass and opening it up chemicals are applied it can exaggerate the effect of the chemical um, sometimes it can be phytotoxic, sometimes not. Now, if you apply a chemical and then mow afterwards, then typically you mow away all the chemistry that was applied. Uh, so what do you think will come out of this new class action lawsuit against Monsanto over the roundup? We all figured what would happen after the 200 million award. We got in Cali. Um, okay, the launch stripes. I've got a really uh, strong opinion on this. Um, there's a lot of resources out there right now that are that are talking about it. I'm actually in the process of recording a video about this right now. There's a lot of people I'm going to be talking to. Um, this is a super hot topic, and I've got a lot. There's so much data 
you know, because glyphosate is one of the most researched active ingredients that we have in all of agriculture. So there's a tremendous amount of data that's out there. And to navigate all of it through um, the, the good and then the bad, and, you know, you're, you're reading about it being in cereals at, you know, insane levels, but then you look at the testing procedures and what they're declaring to be an unsafe level um, is, is like, it, you know, water at that point has a higher LD50 than uh, the actual glyphosate does that they're recommending. So it becomes extremely convoluted and twisted. So I, it's going to be a really long video. It's probably going to be a multi-part series um, just to kind of give you an idea. I've got about 45 minutes recorded so far of it. Uh, but that's going to be a grass factor thing that I do get into. Uh, so I'm not going to answer all that right now. But there's 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 more to the story than what's in the lawsuit. Habitat. Uh, do you do your own soil test? No, Chandler, I do not test my own soils. I send it off, have it tested, and then get it back. Uh, do you think you should be aerating bring me to this point of the year, no matter how much your soil is compacted? Uh, Richard, it's one of those things. Can you? You know, I did it last year in October uh, with no issue whatsoever. So uh, you know, usually you want to do it before you know. Make sure it's got plenty of time to recover before your first frost, but. In reality, you're probably not going to hurt it. Uh, who can buy a good transition southern fescue blue tack from? I have been limited to cultivars and would like to expand horizons. Uh, Jeremy W., where are you at? Shoot me an email. Hit me up through the, the, the Discord, the Lawn Forum Discord, and I will be able to help you out. Um, let's see here. Matt, can you talk about the effectiveness of looking uh, fertilizer for satisfying 100% of the macro requirements or will the granular always need to be supplemented? Bluegrass King, you can certainly supplement everything that's needed for turf grass with a liquid fertilizer. Um, it just all comes down to frequency and, you know, whatever, you know, however you want to go about it. Um, so, yes, absolutely. You can do it with a liquid. Uh, you don't always have to go to a granular. Kind of the same thing that you could do it all through a granular. You don't have to go to a liquid. It all comes down to preference. That's all it is. It comes down to preference. What kind of equipment you got how you like to apply it, how you feel comfortable with your measurements, how often you want to apply it. It's all about preference, buddy. Uh, Gene DeClose, what's up, man? Gene Ducati Close, look at that, Ducati, Ducati. Finally jumped in and bought the RGS Human 12 combo. Can't wait to try it. I don't think you'll be let down. It'll be a good one to play with there, Michael Tuma. Uh, I've got Bermuda and fescue. How can I kill the Bermuda off without killing all the fescue? Cow, cow, Ben, y'all. Uh, I've done a series of videos on Pilex. Pilex uh, topromazone is uh, my favorite way to go about it. Um, you can also use a product like Flazifop. Uh, but I'll give you kind of the short answer. And the short answer is, is that you want to attack the Bermuda when it's in its carbohydrate storage mode. After the summer solstice, so the second half of summer, Bermuda begins shifting its energy from carbohydrate to new growth, to shoot growth from carbohydrate production to root storage. And that root storage that takes place is what allows it to green up the next year. So you wanna interrupt that carbohydrate storage process by using an herbicide to damage the grass, to interrupt that photosynthesis from taking place. Photosynthesis is what's gonna produce the food. You interrupt photosynthesis, you interrupt the food production, you interrupt the carbohydrate storage. It delays the green up the next year. Repeated years of doing that ultimately will cause the Bermuda grass to fail. 
Usually I warn people, this is a three to four year process. Realistically, it's closer to four years than it is three years. So just keep that in mind. It is, uh, it's a difficult thing to do. I saw your name in there and I had to mess with you, buddy. Uh, what would you use to knock weeds out of a Kentucky bluegrass renovation? Getting crabgrass after 14 days. You start a fur with tenacity to seed down. Uh, Matt Michaels, uh, spray it with tenacity again. We good to go. Spray it with tenacity again. That's exactly what I would use. Uh, Anthony McAdams, side discharge that right back. <laughs> That's a good one, Kyle. That's a good one, Kyle. Uh, Matt Michaels, make a second app. 21 days after the initial seeding. Yep, there you go. Matt, you see the dethatching is a waste of time for me. Connor Ward, you're mowing at a really low height of cut there. If if it were me and I were dealing with your lawn and you feel like you need to dethatch, I would probably reduce your in rate and then add in your molasses. But yeah, I mean, looking at your your lawn, I mean, I, I see it, Connor. I think you, I think you, you even bag the majority of the time. Yeah, you shouldn't should be having to dethatch, brother. If you feel like you need to dethatch, no, you no, you. Throw you a little molasses down. Throw you some molasses down with a little bit of get, get you a little dethatch on that yard. Watch what happens, Connor Ward. I think you'll like it. Go balls, go titans, go balls, go tigers. I don't know. Reaffed the starter purple tenacity or straight tenacity with some regular fur. Matt Michaels, me personally, I would do straight tenacity. Apply it as a liquid as you can. Buttonweed is killing me in fescue. What should I use and when? Scott Morrow, use it now. Use something with Tricopere, Fluoroxavir, or combination. Typically, what I recommend is something like Momentum FX2, Escalade 2. Um, both of those are going to work well. Make sure you're using a good surfactant with it. It's that combination of Tricopere, Fluoroxavir, and Dicamba. Fluoroxavir and Dicamba typically work on things that have more woody tissue than things that are just thick. So, Fluoroxavir, Dicamba. Good combination. Oh, another one. Battleship 3. Battleship 3 is a good one. And go Get after it now. Typically, you want to catch it earlier in the year, but we're late enough in the year where you can go ahead and spray it now, and it probably won't have to deal with it for the rest of the summer. Paul's Prime Cuts. What's up? He is in the house. Whatever this guy is. <laughs> I know it's funny. Um... <laughs> Spoon feed, molasses, two to three apps per summer, and one app of brewer's yeast. I do not have a single lawn with excessive thatch. There's your answer right there, Connor Ward. Look at that. Spoon feeds it, two to three apps per summer. One app of brewer's yeast does not have a single lawn with excessive thatch. I think that's a pretty good thing to say there. Uh, Catbird feeder, have I used Target 6? Yes, ma'am, I have. Um, for the price point and being a homeowner, I think that's going to be about your best bet. Um, just kind of give you a heads up that, you know, back in the day when that was legal for lawn care guys to use, that was what everybody used. We used a ton of it. That was pretty much the only thing that was ever on the truck as long as the sun was out. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, it's good stuff. Um, pay attention to the, to the, the label on it. There, you know, there's some kind of funky things there. Be careful if you're ever spraying around water with it because it is an, uh, it's an inorganic arsenic. Arsenical, it's a, it's a, is it an inorganic arsenical? Inorganic arsenical. And it has the potential to convert into arsenic in water supply. So just be careful. Arsenic is not good. Um, 
Kelly, I'm bogged down on thatch. Connor, if you're bogged down, get you some molasses down. Man. Ah. Um, I don't I don't know what to tell you there, man. I uh, Connor. Connor, Connor, Connor. We need to we we need to listen, I know you're the lawn rebel, Connor, but I'll tell you right now, we need to start dialing in on some maths and make sure you're not having to deal no more with none of this. Uh, this thatch crap you keep talking about. You got too much of a pretty yard to have to be dealing with it, sir. Uh, Matt, I've been using ProDiamine for the last two years in my Bermuda. Should I be rotating pre-emergence and switch to dementia for a year, or is it not an issue to stick with ProDiamine forever? Richard Nettles, I got bad news, sir. What are you going to switch to? Dementia and ProDiamine are both DNAs. They're both the same mode of action. They're the same group of herbicides. They work exactly the same way. You switch to it, it's not doing you any bit of good on mitigating herbicide resistance. You really don't have any other options. If you're dealing with Bermuda, you can switch to Spectacle and then go back to Bermuda. But if you're going to go switch to Spectacle, good luck. It's $1,200 a gallon, man. There are no, this is my biggest gripe to the chemical industry right now. We have no other options. Your only other option would be to take your grass real low and use something like gallery and then have a strong post-emergent program. In fact, the recommendations coming out of UT right now are stop applying pre-emergence for a year or two and just spend your budget on post-emergence. Explain to your customers you're going to have a weedy year this year because you're not going to apply any pre-emergence because you're trying to mitigate herbicide resistance because we don't have enough herb, uh, pre-emergent herbicides to choose from. Ronstar, oxidizon, not labeled for residential turf. Tupper sand, can't use on Bermuda. I mean, you're just, you're, 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 you're right. What are you going to spray tenacity? You're going to bleach your, bleach your Bermuda out all year long spraying, spraying, you know, four ounces of, of tenacity. We don't have enough options. You're exactly pointing out what's wrong with the industry right now. Prodiamine, dimension, same class of herbicides. It doesn't matter which one you apply. You're applying basically the same thing. What's up, Nick Lange? How are you? Good, sir. Matt Kaczynski. An average soil temperature 80, too high for fescue seed germination. Matt Kaczynski. No, sir. Soil temperature of 80 is not too high for fescue seed germination. In fact, you'll probably see it in three or four days. What it may be too high for, though, is being able to keep it moist enough for the fescue seed to germinate. Or after it does germinate, its ability to withstand the development of disease. You can do it. It's doable. If you, if you have your proper watering schedule, you'll actually bring that soil temperature down significantly. You could probably drop that to about 68 degrees, and then you'd be good to go, sir. Uh, and you can do that with just water, water alone. Water just to get the seed to germinate would bring it down that aggressively. I've got a lawn of mostly perennial ryegrass, central Ohio. I'd like to change lawn to Kentucky bluegrass, tall fescue, particular in some areas. How can I change turf type best through overseeding? Uh, apply glyphosate at the same time you overseed, um, especially when you're dealing with something like perennial ryegrass. Perennial ryegrass is going to outcompete Kentucky bluegrass seed nine times out of ten. It just is. So 
If it were me, what I would do is I would I would I just I just renovate it. I mean, that's really your only surefire way to do it. Now, probably what you could do is aerate it really aggressively, take like a nail drag, run it through there, and I mean absolutely destroy your yard. I mean, beat it to a pulp till it looks destroyed. Seed into it, and then that would create a pretty nice transition without having to kill off all of it. Um, but there you go. There you go. Craig uh, Live said, "There's work well for you." There you go. This overseeded overseeded with GCI TTTF. He's got some good blends in there. Uh, what about grains like soybean meal or cottonseed meal for Florida lawns during fertilizer blackout? The code section is ambiguous. Okay, here we go. Lambert, you shouldn't need it. You can still keep it green because of the pure amount of rain, thunderstorms you're dealing with during that blackout. Um, soybean meal, cottonseed meal is, you know, quote unquote organic. Um, what is the soybean meal a 712 and how long is it going to take that to actually turn into a usable food source it's going to be really slow um especially when you're dealing with that heat and that level of humidity you know you're probably not going to get a good release out of it until about now even if you apply it in may like you'll get an initial flush maybe like a like a seven to ten percent release and then it's going to sit there kind of stagnant until soil temperatures begin to drop just a little bit. And then it'll begin to kick in and finish releasing into the cooler part of the year. So uh, what do I think about it? I just think it's kind of a waste of time. Soybean meal as a fertilizer in general is kind of a waste of time. Cottonseed meal as a fertilizer is kind of a waste of time. Your cost to reward ratio there is so poor so poor so there we go and if you have any sort of aversion to glyphosate get ready because soybean meal and cottonseed meal is going to be loaded with glyphosate um i got goose in my backyard and worried my front will get contaminated so hard to kill a celsius and dismiss it and it just stuns it and i'm killing half my yard with roundup what can i do one don't kill it with roundup uh if you if you're dealing with with goosegrass and dismiss is not getting it usually what i recommend if you've already got celsius revolver celsius plus revolver works really well it's expensive on the front end but your container is going to last you a really long time bird dog revolver uh forum sulfuron i will type that in there it's just a good product it works really well on it and uh it would save you a lot of money than having to round up so much of the yard there you go uh you see any issues running half half ounce on msm with spectacle also russell gave me the hookup with spectacle uh be more no so i think you're talking about a half ounce per acre of msm with spectacle no you'll be good to go on that i think that's uh that's that's how you should apply it tool test tool thingamajiggy is pricey well no did you dismiss uh had a lot of success with quicksilver and goosegrass that's a good one that is a real good one round up agent orange no agent orange was 245t and 24d that was not the good stuff back then agent orange did a terrible thing and it absolutely decimated families 
of U.S. soldiers that were in Vietnam. It was not good stuff at all. It was very bad. And there was a lot of service members that are still suffering violently to this day because of it. Um, what do you recommend ounce per gallon of ethylfumisate for POA? Trimac, I do not remember the label and rate on ethylfumisate, my friend. I do not. Matt, why would I have moss in a lawn with the pH of 7.3? Lots of sun and drainage is okay. I'll tell you why, pa, Paul Manicone, Manicone, you got moss there because you don't have enough turf density there. Moss is an opportunist. It's going to show up in areas where the grass is not thick enough to resist it. So if you're dealing with moss with the pH of 7.3, lots of sun and drainage is okay because your grass isn't thick enough. Get your grass thicker, Paul. Seed into it, overseed with it. It should help a lot. Uh, and also, you know, drop your pH down. Throw you down some ammonium sulfate, maybe some good ferrous ammonium sulfate too, a little iron. I don't, I don't smoke it. Fleets, what's up, my man? What can I spray on Asian jasmine vine to kill it? Triclopyr, sir. Triclopyr, fluoroxypyr work well on it. Uh, you you want to use a heavier uh, product like that. That'll That'll get it good. Um, okay, man, chat is flying. I'm trying to keep up. Here we go. Okay. How many pounds of straight 46 diluted in a water per thousand square foot would you spray on Conor Bermuda, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, and how much are you? Yes. There's six and a half inches in a week. I'm back to two and a half inches. Wow. Uh, I would dissolve in maybe half a pound of 46.00 per thousand square feet. That's a half pound of 46.00 into... A thousand square feet. So that would give you a quarter pound of actual nitrogen. And I would use RGS at three ounces per thousand. And that should be good. If you're still getting surge growth at a quarter pound, I'd back it down to an eighth of a pound. So put in a quarter pound. Uh, so that would be what? Four ounces of 4600 into your thousand square foot of water. What kind of size do you like with your barbecue pork? I'll tell you what I like real low, Dad. I like corn. I like uh, I like turnip greens. I'm a southern boy at heart, so all the good southern fixings I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of. Potatoes, sweet potatoes. Uh, my wife loves potato salad, uh, mac and cheese. You know, I, I get down on just about all of it. Thinking about uh, going to a rhizomatous tall fescue overseed. Any tips? Peg jump? No, sir. Just treat it like any other fescue, and uh, and. You know, you'll you'll be excited about it. Does good stuff. Best place to buy biochar other than Amazon. John Pinkerton. I do not know in your area. What I would do is I would Google your name and then follow up that. I mean, Google the name of your town and then put biochar at the end of it. One thing I will say that we are kind of weighing on is that we may be able to provide biochar this fall. I'm not 100% certain on this. I'm not sure, but we may be able to. So I'll kind of keep you up to date on that. Um, Matt, does Dickens uh, ship grass seed to Michigan? Yes, it does. Absolutely, it does. Um, if you want to stay up to date on where we are with our fertilizer containing biochar or um, up to date with our availability to release some of our biochar, check us out. Fill out the contact form on carbonearth.co. And uh, you'll be entered into the newsletter. I will be able to reach out to you with little bits of information like that. 
Uh, where can I find a good guide for the color of tall fescue? Like how dark different kinds are. Koji, really the only way to go about that, I feel like that's going to give you a consistent answer, would be go to ntep.org, N-T-E-P.org. Look for tall fescue tests and then look for ones that have been completed in your region. After you look at those, one of the categories will be uh, color. And you can look at how they're, they're gauged through different types of the year based on what's available in your area. Um, I will say that most of the newer hybrid, or I call them hybrid, but genetically modified tall fescues are naturally dark green by nature. They're never going to be Kentucky bluegrass green because they, they lack that part of the genetics, but uh, they still get pretty, pretty, pretty freaking green. Uh, give John a call. I think they do. Yeah, they do. If you try 46.00 in water, you will not have grass. Uh, no, you can definitely put 46.00 in water and spray grass with it. Uh, done it for years. Lot, tons of people have. Uh, you should ask your seed supplier to start selling cider. That's, I don't get it, Colonel, <laughs> but I will do it. You tell me why, and I will, I will do it. Um, direction is not clear. Red molasses and sprayed Aunt Jemima. Neighbor's jar for pancakes. Help! Uh, do not use Aunt Jemima. Go to your local co-op and ask for some agricultural molasses, some feed molasses. They will hook you up. Uh, it's pretty cheap. I think I want to say like I pay 13 cents a pound, something like that. Maybe it was $1.30 a pound. Maybe it was 13 cents a pound. I can't remember. I think it was 13 cents a pound. And you applied it 16 ounces to the acre. Low rate. Low rate. Um... I messed up. I, oh, wait. I just did that. In Texas, heat, danger zone. Ah, you'll be all right at a quarter pound. You will be all right. Uh, do you guys have oxidizon available for home? No, sir, lawn tips. Oxidizon, uh, oxidizon is not labeled for home. Oxidizon is Ronsar, I believe, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is Ronsar because isoxabin is gallery. Isoxabin, you can apply to home lawns. Oxidizon, you cannot. Lambert, no, sir. Gallery does not provide any control for crabgrass or poa. Have you seen the new Tenacity Granular Pre that can be applied at seeding? Only Scott's has it out right now. Yes, sir. Uh, but I will tell you that uh, you can do the same thing with liquid tenacity. Um, there's some other farts that actually have tenacity on it that you can get from a manufacturer. Like I believe Lebanon Turf uh, has a uh, mesotrine coated prill that you can run with. Or you can just apply your seed and spray your tenacity at the same time. Works the exact same way. In fact, I would argue the liquid would work better than the granular here. All right. What's up, RBL? What's up, man? What are you doing? It's everything down there in Texas. Uh, I was hoping for a different answer to change the turf type, but I think I'm going to go for it with glyphosate. Probably in the spring, though. Uh, CW, you won't be happy with the spring overseed, probably. I would probably shoot for a fall one. I know that sounds, sounds bad, but, you know, there you go. Uh, hard knocks, that's it. Ethyphumacate is labeled as a pre-emergent crab. What you think about that? I think it will work. It's mode of, ah, I don't know. Andy, let me do a little research on that. I have been super deep into sure power right now, and... You know, sure power is really interesting because it's actually in the same 
class of chemicals and same class of chemistry that um, sulfentrazone and carfentrazone are in. So it's kind of interesting. I've been watching everybody report on this action they're having out of sure power, and they're talking about this real intense early on bronzing effect, and then it seems to be a little bit diminished kill on the back end of that, where you're not getting the full, complete throw, follow-through kill um, out of the herbicide, sure power. Working well on broadleaves, but not so much on the tougher to control grassy weeds, except for maybe some sedges. So it's interesting that uh, it's in that same class of family because same thing with dismiss. You can go out, run six ounces to the acre, dismiss, and think you're absolutely smoking things and then come back two weeks later and you're like, wait, wait, a lot of that is re recovered. Um, I don't, let me do some digging into ethyfumisae, especially on the agricultural side. And uh, we can have, we can have a, a nice intense discussion about it. Um, Matt, what is the best product to rise? K only, my lawn is super low. Soil savings is 10 pounds per thousand, but does not say what any suggestions for K. Rating 12.18 parts per million. 12.18 parts per million of K. That, my friend, is low. Chad, I need a couple answers. One, where are you located? Two, what was the pH of the soil? Three, what kind of soil structure are you dealing with? Sandy soil, loamy soil, or clay soil? Let me know that, and I can give you the answer. But I'll tell you, nine times out of ten, I'm going to recommend potassium sulfate. Potassium sulfate is going to be a superior case work, but we can get real artsy-fartsy with it. We could also run potassium acetate. You can run a lower rate of potassium acetate, which is going to be even more expensive than potassium sulfate, but typically more of it is utilized within the plant. Or if you're on a budget, you can run something like potassium chloride. However, I would not put down 10 pounds per thousand of potassium chloride because you'll smoke your grass. Super high salt index. So answer me those questions first. We'll talk about it. Matt, what is the correct time for fall pre-em treatments? All respectable for my Bermuda lawns and have Pro-D for the St. Augustine. Do you watch air temps or soil temps for trigger point? Typically, I watch air temps in the fall, soil temps in the spring. Because what happens in the fall is that you get air temperatures that drop faster than your soil temperatures. So you want to time it because as your air temperatures begin to drop, that's typically when you start to deal with your POA germination and then your soil temperatures come down to match it. That's why you typically you spray, you, you seed in the spring with cool season grasses because the soil temperature is still there for the seed to actively germinate, establish, grow, but the air temperatures are cool enough to allow the soil surface to remain moist. So I pay attention more so to air temperatures. I like the sub 90 degree range, consistent sub 90 and nighttime temperatures dipping into the, the mid 60, low 60 kind of area there. So, you know, 85 to 65, uh, 88 to 67 kind of range there. I love that. It's a good time for me. Uh, also, you know, you, you have to be in the second half of the season. You have to make sure your daylight hours are shrinking. Um, so there you go. What do you do about watching the uh, in lawn uh, never starts hating and cuts onto my dark green borderline at a lower height Bermuda, so it leads a half moon. Woo! Corporate HQ, I'll tell you what you do. You write a letter to your body, or you go knock on his door, you hand him an adult beverage, and you say, come here, sir, we're going to go take a walk around my yard and i just want to point out one little accident that happened once once 
and he'll never do it again. Back to the soil test of my zinc and copper were way above average. Could this be rust or corrosion from my soil probe tool? I did notice rust on the inside. Uh, could be. Uh, you could just have uh, a lot of metals in your soil, uh, particularly zinc, copper. They tie up pretty easy. Um, maybe you want to you know, try and flush it with something like a, like calcium sulfate, gypsum, may help. Uh, doing a reno now. Whoa, skip down. What's up, mom? My mom's in the house. Doing a reno now. Still have some nimble and Bermuda hanging on after two apps. Can I add something additional to Ranger Pro to smoke it? Uh, yes, sir. You can add tenacity or even better, flazifop. Flazifop. It's an often forgotten fuselade. Combining that with the Ranger Pro should help knock it out that much better. With the one-third mowing guideline, how long till another third can be taken off without overly stressing the lawn? Good question, Santiago. Uh, I don't think there's really a good answer for that. When you're dropping it, you kind of just have to drop it. So, you know, maybe give it a day or two or give it a good watering in between each third that gets taken down. So drop it a third, water it aggressively, drop it a third, water it aggressively. And, uh, you know, that's probably going to be the best way to go about that. Pete, I appreciate the compliment. That's awfully nice of you, sir. And I think we may need to trade places on where you are with that compliment. Was told you have to activate biochar before you drop it. And the truth of this was told without act activation, it will suck all your nutrients out. Bird dog is 100% true. I will tell you that early on, this were test plots we were doing three years ago with tulip poplars. And um, we were, <laughs> you know, we were doing, uh, you know, multiple different rates of biochar with these tulip poplars. And, you know, the, the last one, we we're like, you know, hey, let's, Let's get real artsy-fartsy with it and put down uh, probably about three times what was recommended to biochar, and it stunted the tulip poplars to the point where like two or three of them actually died. And there was still like, I don't know, 10 left that lived. And finally, just now, like this year, they're beginning to grow aggressively like an overly fed tree. Kind of a funny thing, but for two years, they did nothing. So there's a study bird dog, and I got pretty deep into this study when I was working with Carbon X. And this study deals mainly with how do you work biochar to make it work for you. And what I mean by that is how can you make the biochar not just retain nutrients, but also release nutrients. I will post a link to that study below. And, uh, and that was the basis for how we produce, formulate our product, CarbonX. We wanted to make sure CarbonX could release as well as store. How about that? Uh, oh, yeah. Tell, tell Pete, tell him how that's doing with that uh, low rate of, of uh, Pilex on Goose. Um, my buddy burnt a small circle in his lawn from a portable fire pit. Should anything be done? Uh, no, sir. Corporate HQ. If it's cool season grass, just seed into it. If it's Bermuda grass, just let it go. It'll grow back in. Do my own carries oxidizone for homeowners. Uh, do my own carries it, but that doesn't mean it's for homeowners. Homeowners can buy it, but a professional lawn care, it, it's not labeled for residential turf. 
You can apply it to your home lawn. Is the Department of Agriculture going to come knock on your door? No. Um, but technically, you're in violation of the law when you choose to do so. But eh, nobody's counting. I'm not worried. So I'll tell you what, as a professional, we cannot apply it to a residential property. Um, we would be violating our license and ultimately lose our license. Uh, let's see. You heard it was a little more than an eighth of this flash already very satisfied. New York, pH 6.6 .6 Sandy. Okay, Chad, um, you're definitely going to want to use, and you can use potassium sulfate or you can use potassium chloride with sandy soil. Potassium chloride is going to move through your soil faster than potassium sulfate will, so you'll have to apply it more often. So what I would recommend is a, you know, using FERT analysis that are going to be like a 10-0-20 or a, uh, you know, a 15-0-20, 15-0-30, something like that. Make sure with every application you're applying at minimum a one-to-one -one ratio of nitrogen to potassium. Even better would be like a 0.5 to one ratio of nitrogen or a one to two ratio of nitrogen to potassium. So for every one pound, um, you know, let's say you're, you're applying your nitrogen in half pound increments. You're also going to be applying a full pound of potassium at the same time. Chat is going to be hard to find potassium sulfate. And you may only be able to find potassium chloride. Don't get discouraged. Just understand you're going to have to apply it more frequently at lower rates. So you can go out and get a bag of 0062 potassium chloride, KCL, and apply it at you know one pound per thousand square feet. That's going to give you 0.6 pounds of actual potassium that get down on the yard. And you can apply that every month, maybe even every two weeks until you get up there to 10 pounds per actual potassium uh, 10 pounds of actual potassium per K. It's just going to take a long time. You should be applying potassium as decent rate with every application almost every month through your growing season. I think you'll see a huge improve, improvement. Huge improvement. Is it important to use a surfactant with a fungicide? Yes and no. It depends on the fungicide and the formulation of your fungicide. Uh, is that a good thing to do? Yes, because you're going to distribute that bead of water across the surface. So you have better coverage. It's always a good thing. Had to fix my X-Mark 30 before I come in and enjoy the show. I need to use PGR on my lawn next year. Been real mowing every two to three days to keep up. Get it, RBL. Get it. Pete is going to try KBG finally. Oh, man. He's going to be woo, woo, in love with a new grass type. Why do you want daylight to begin to diminish when you're seeding? Because the longer the daylight hours you have, the more opportunity for your, your soil surface to dry out. You want that beginning to cross that, that crest. You want to be on the downward swing. Um, and also for two reasons, the grass is actually going to know that's happening when it does germinate. And those shorter daylight hours keep it in a state of carbohydrate storage. So, um, one, it's to make sure that you can keep your soil moist. And two, uh, it's because so much of that new energy is going to be shifted towards the production of root system 
and shoot growth um, for photosynthesis to take place. Video, oh, he's got all kinds. I'm gonna have to show off my chest here. <laughs> My wife has got jokes. All right, y'all. I'm going to have to wrap it up. What's this Discord channel called? I will post the link to it in here. Um, going to have to wrap it up. We are at 10.03. Real quick, uh, if everybody, please do me a favor. Go to carbonearth.co. Show me some love. Show me some love. Carboner.co is my latest venture where we are working on uh, developing a new fertilizer called CarbonX. You can learn more about CarbonX at CarbonEarth.co. Give us a like, a shout out on Facebook, facebook.com slash CarbonEarthCo. Check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash CarbonEarthCo. We're all over the place. We're out there getting nasty with it. Kidding, y'all. All right, everyone. Thanks, seriously, for tuning in. Uh, kind of give you an update on what's been going on. Um, I have been on the road pretty much all week. Jacob, go there. What's up, buddy? I've uh, been on the, on the road almost all week working on this. Um, so I'm going to actually start recording some Grass Factor videos. I've got some that are already partially recorded. I'm going to be doing the video on SurePower uh, to, to talk about the interesting thing there. At the Fumisate, they're getting a lot of requests on at the Fumisate, so I'm going to have to go that direction too. And then I also want to do the big video on Roundup and everything that is going that's that's in the news with it because um, there's there's a lot of good information out there and there's a lot of bad information that's out there and it's hard to distinguish between the two. So I want to give a very accurate scientific report on glyphosate and the Monsanto ruling. Also on the Carbon Earth channel, I'm going to be doing a huge epic biopic on biochar. What is it? What does it do? Why use it? When to use it? How to use it? How are we using it? What does it mean for you? What does it mean for the world? What does it mean for global warming? We're saving the world. All right, y'all. I'm calling it. Y'all have a good one. Less lawns. I should do a garage video. I really I did some behind the scenes, some some behind the scenes honesty with the grass factor. All right, everyone. Have a good evening. Appreciate you all. Take it easy.